Right at the launch pad? Are you serious? We hit the pad, didn't we? He turned it down right when we should have been like bumping it hard. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> did you did you hear it change? I I, I did it. I was I was painting, I was waiting for like the intro. Jeff said right at the launch pad. We were right at the launching pad. If you were a fucking DJ in the '90s, you would know what that's about. I wasn't, but I heard about it once. See, I thought Jeff meant like we went. To, we're at the launch pad and like fucking downtown and shit. <laughs> that's where my unless you live in Albuquerque, you wouldn't know that. Come on, guys, think globally. That's actually my favorite place to see bands play too. By the way, my it's team. a dope yeah. place. Yeah, it's dope. It's back sunshine. <laughs> we're back with another episode of a uh, grindhouse game, and today. We are back with the original trio. Mr. Donnie has decided to join I'm, us. I'm back. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. He's back. Today we are doing uh, the latest release of a band named Graveland called Hour of Ragnarok. And it is something, guys. You know what? I would say it's a very appropriate title. Very appropriate. For these times, yes. For these end times, Ragnarok is coming. So, Jared, before we get too deep into this and start drinking beer like we always do... You want us to know, so let us know a little bit about this band, like who they are, where they're coming from, everything. Because for the, the mainstream, this is going to be pretty underground shit. This is probably the most underground. No, it's not the most underground because we've covered bands that are... We've done more you, underground. You know, but... like Sentencer that are still not... Yeah. Not like a known band, but they seem to be picking up steam. Good for you boys. Um, but they are pretty underground for an established band. How about this? This is the most underground established band we've covered today. Established, yeah. So... Um, first off, let's say who, uh, so this episode goes out to Zach from Albuquerque. Uh, he wanted us to review the new Graveland album when it came out a few months back. Actually, originally he wanted us to review, um, what was it? Immortal Pride. And then I'm like, well, you know what? Why don't we just wait a few months and do the new album? He's like, yeah, it's a great idea. So hence, here we are after many months, we are now going to Graveland. So these guys are a Polish black metal band, originally a black metal band that started out in 1991. Very plain, very raw, atmospheric black metal. Highly influential in the scene. These guys started out very raw with uh, albums like Carpathian Wolves, Thousand Swords, my Celtic, uh, The Celtic Winter um, in the early 90s. And th as they, uh, you know, through the 90s and early 2000s, they, they progressed more into like a... Uh, like a Viking metal, atmospheric Viking metal band, highly influenced by Bathory, Hammerheart era music, but blending in the black metal with the clean vocals from Bathory, Hammerheart. So they progressed a lot. They are a very influential black metal band. In my opinion, they are the best black metal band of all time. They're my favorite black metal band, uh, right up there with Emperor. The only difference is Emperor only made like two black metal albums. These guys kept it true through the whole time. He's Now he's progressed. Uh, the early days, like I said, were raw Celtic black metal. Which we're going to listen to some of it. We're going to play that. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get in trouble, that's for sure. But he progressed basically into this new album, which is the metal version of Conan the Barbarian soundtrack by Basil Polidorus, which is my absolute favorite piece of music of all time. So basically, if you love Conan the Barbarian soundtrack and metal, this is the album for you. Now, I'm going to call you out right now, pretty fucking hardcore, and I really don't give a shit how you feel about this. But, I'm ready. but how can you say how can you come out and say that now I'm not going to tell you guys what score Jared's going to give us but I'm sure it's going to be a high score fucking damn right and <laughs> and before, don't give it out because we haven't listened to nope. anything yet but this is essentially in my opinion it's a music score with black metal played over and or with it would you agree so how are you going to sit yes. here and tell me that Metallica S&M album sucks 
Um, compared to this, it sucks. Dumb. I'm not asking about comparisons. Just saying, how do you, what, what kind of human being are you? Is what I'm asking. Because I'm not a big fan of it. Because a lot of the material they play on that is is like past the '80s. And in my opinion, uh, thrash metal you doesn't play thrash with a symphony. Thrash doesn't mix well with 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 a symphony, whereas black metal does mix better with it. Thrash is meant to be aggressive, fast and aggressive. Um, barbaric it's not it could there could be technical thrash it just mixing with a symphonic choir doesn't mix as well as black metal that's just my personal opinion that, that that's a fair explanation and it got out of hand dude I, I recently seen a thing earlier when uh or god just a few months ago I shouldn't have said earlier with uh, uh bringing horizon was doing a symphony show and it was like you guys like i mean you got a following but i felt like you had to earn that shit you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, like, yeah. the symphony. And I remember when Dave Mustaine did it without Megadeth, but he did it with the symphony. And, I mean, I love Mustaine, but that was just fucking brutal. What are we doing? Um, Some, Mustaine was playing well above his ability with those guys, too. But Some music can mix well with choirs, but uh, you see, on, on this album, off Our Ragnarok, it's all samples, right? It's it's sampled choirs. It's not a real choir. So And he, he I think he made them all himself. This is a common accumulation of Rob Darkin. He's the main musician of over 30 years. This was, I think, in my opinion, his envision as a musician. He made the album he wanted to make for the last 30 years. And, I, and I'm going to throw one more bit on, uh, on S&M real quick, just because I, I personally like that album. I think parts of it are pretty cringy and hard to listen to, and I think that's because a lot, I mean, you know, you got an orchestra with however many musicians trying to come up with music to back songs that Metallica's been playing for years. I mean, good luck. You know what I mean? It's, right, 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 right. But I will say this. To the best of my knowledge, or, the, or yeah, let's just start with that lame-ass statement. I don't think the song No Leaf Clover appeared on any albums. No. no. And that was my favorite song on the S&M double CD, Bar None. It's an easy song to play, too, if you're a guitar player. But... It was my favorite song, and I felt like that was the best sounding song on that album. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was a uh, what? What do they call that when two different groups of people write a song together? A, a conglomeration. Yeah, conglomeration of the S and M and Metallica. Metallica went, "Hey, you guys did a great job of fucking, uh, you know, trying to work around our shit for twenty songs. Here's an easy one for you." And they. To me, that's their best song on that album. I, I think and that's so not the album. Well, that's not the album we're reviewing. I just had to touch on it because you get with Jared on the sidelines, like, "Hey, do you listen to S and M?" And he's like, "I fucking wipe my ass with S and M Orchestra CD." And then he's all about this one, so I had to give him some shit. Well, it's funny you mentioned it because I was watching the latest um, Hellcast. Shout out to you guys if you ever listen to us. My favorite podcast. Uh, J Dog was talking about ours is my favorite, but go ahead. Well, I mean, I can't. <laughs> That's like the same thing as like if you're in a band and you my say my guitar riffs are the best. My my band's my favorite music of all time. It's like, bro, <coughs> come on, dude. Yeah, there's a problem if that's yeah. the case. You better be like in Metallica or something. You're gonna say that, right? That's like, fair. Band. That's fair. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of Metallica, I just I just think uh, listening to what J Dog was saying on the podcast, I love it how like some some guy comes up to you because you're wearing like your, your battle vest, your vest or something. And like, oh, bro, I love... Because you have your Metallica patch. I love Metallica, bro. You're like, yeah, it's great, dude. Like, do you know Creator? Or what about Overkill? Do you like uh, Rigor Mortis? And then they're like, oh, I don't know, bro. I've never heard of those bands. It's like, fuck you, Poser. Get out of here. Because you know what? If you like that kind of... If you really like that music, you're going to dig more. You're not going to stop at one band and go, oh. And that's why I hate, like... If they're your favorite band, 
that's and you never heard any other of that music. How do you know they're the best? You don't. Well, if you're claiming best, yeah, but you can, you can fall in love with the CD. I mean, I've been known to do that. You know that. That's like saying chocolate like, ice cream to, is I my listen... favorite type of ice cream, but I never had any other kind of ice cream. But but sometimes you can just fall in love with it, dude. Like, think about it. Remember when when I first fucking I mean, embarrassingly enough, you know, over the past year, um, really sat down and listened to White Snake's 1987. I listened to that fucking album for a month straight. I didn't listen to anything else. Like, I, mean, I remember. It's it's so <laughs> yeah. like that'll. That'll happen, you know what I mean? Like, where you just get caught up on shit. I do it with Periphery. Every time Periphery puts out a CD, two months are gone. Like, fucking, we don't know what's happening. So it do, it does happen. You know, in a... Periphery's better than Tesseract, I said it. Periphery's uh, better than Tesseract? Uh, well, yeah, there I you go. It. You've yeah. actually heard one other band than that stuff, so that's good. You know, I, I wanted to bring up another interesting note on the S&M versus Graveland. The, the Metallica S&M thing was... You know, they, they had the San Francisco choir uh, orchestra. Orchestra. Back up. Yeah, like, this like dude, a world class orchestra. Yeah, this dude did all his orchestrations himself. So that, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, keyboard uh, samples probably like right. I even think the flute was probably sampled on the album. It had, yeah, it, it was yeah. probably all like keyboard, you know I imagine he hit like the flute button. The flute <laughs> and played played that. I imagine that's what it was. I don't know. So well before I get I guess we get too deep into the grave and we should do the beer. Go ahead and get, let's do it. All right, so uh, thanks to our brother Donnie, he picked this up for us. Um, and I picked it based on the packaging. Based on this evil looking. And it looking is a cool looking armadillo. It's a cool looking dude, dude. It looks like a hop warthog. Is what it looks like. It's an armad. I think it's an armadillo, right? Oh, but it's like part armadillo, part hop. Some fucked up looking creature. It definitely looks metal. Looks like a cool creature. So a little about this, uh, a surprisingly bitter IPA. Papadilla. He lurks in the shadows, waiting in bold anticipation. He's surprisingly bitter, bitter about something. Legend has it that he feasts on those with fresh hops coursing through their veins. Their dry hop Texas IPA is a flavor as defiant as the Hopadillo himself. It's packed with the bracing bitterness of hops from around the world that this creature craves. He's a coming to get you. You've been warned. This is it. Yeah, how's that? that that's actually the best you've ever read. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I missed a few words because I can't fucking see. This <laughs> is, uh, what does it say? Malts. It's a two-row pale ale, medium crystal, dark crystal, Munich, and Besquite. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read the next one, too. The Hobsteel says German Magnum, Cascade, Armorillo, Citra, Simcoe, and East Kent Goldings. And you know what's cool? I really appreciate it when a beer company does this, but they oh, gave yeah. you a recommendation of what this would taste good. Fuck and they're yeah. saying Thai cuisine, red curry, blue cheese, mm. and grilled steak. Grilled steak, dude. Yeah, this with a ribeye. I did. I've you know what's New fucked? I want to say I can't even fucking afford a ribeye anymore, guys. I go to the store, it's like fucking 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's this world coming to, man? Shit's getting expensive. A man came and buy a good steak. I have to buy what? What is that shit steak called? Uh, sirloin? Bologna. <laughs> bologna. <laughs> Fried bologna sandwiches, dude. Fried bologna sandwiches are dope. They're the bomb. That's, the, yeah. that's, that's, that's why I trash it right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're rocking a 65. Ooh. Oh, shit. I wasn't supposed to have him. Jeff uh, came early. Oh. <laughs> 65 IBU, 6.6, .6, alcohol by volume. What else is it going to give us, dude? Backwards, hold on. Okay, 210 chop? calories. Yeah, that's a lot of calories. Well, pork chop. This is a heavy beer. It's pork chop. 16 carbs. God damn, bro. <laughs> I know I'm a McCores guy rocking like 95 calories and five carbs, but 
That's how you stay so thin, is that curse. Yeah, I'm not. Daddy ain't thin right now. <laughs> Daddy's making it happen. All right, so um, that's actually got a good taste. Does it? As of right now, no bad aftertaste, but we'll we'll have to wait through the end of the podcast before we rate it, right? Yeah, because did that pecan beer that one time, you know. <laughs> Goddamn. I don't know how you drink those, dude. That fucking hurt so bad. I, I could drink that stuff for That breakfast. beer is like a monster dressed up as some hot girl in a dress. And you, you take her home and shit, and then next thing you know, like a couple hours later, dude, she comes out dressed and it's like fucking Fiona from Shrek. Yeah, like a, Yeah, that beer for me was like some hot chick. You start hitting from behind, and you want to see her tits, so you swing her around, and there's a big dick. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what that beer was like. <laughs> that beer was like, fuck me, man. Like, yeah, I, I feel kind of grossed out that I drink the rest of your beer now. <laughs> Especially the way I drink beer, dude. And those long, those long like glasses, I deep throat them. <laughs> and so, uh, gosh, so uh, we're gonna get into playing some of the old stuff before we get into the new stuff. Uh, what album are we gonna be listening to? So we're gonna we'll be jump around to, a little uh, bit. My second favorite black metal album of all time after In the Nighttime Eclipse, which is Graveland's debut from 1994 called Carpathian Wolves. Uh, this is a progression where they started from, which is raw Celtic atmospheric black metal to what we'll be playing today, which is the new album, and you guys can see the huge difference that has changed uh, with this band. So we'll start with uh, At the Pagan Samhain Night, great song. We'll go from there. Dave, I think you already did some skipping around. Just pause it. All right, guys, so this is, uh, uh, you know, la, 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 la. There yeah. we go. What song do you want to show This one here. That deep in the album? Mm-hmm. Good. Good Keyboard section is my favorite mystical, atmospheric part of any Black Mountain album of all time. Uh, so Rob Darkin is just phenomenal with keyboards. I mean, he's a great guitar player, but holy fuck, dude, his keyboards, just the cool atmosphere he he, uh, he provides with those keyboards went all the way back to 1994. And here we are, 2021, 20, with the new album, you know? There's only one other dude, too, I could think of that's just a monster of keyboards, and that's... Uh I can't even say his name, but the name of the group's Arion. 
That guy's rocks oh. keyboards on every yeah. album. Like well, this is this is different. There's no technicality. This is all feel, uh, atmospheric. Whereas those guys, they can like like the Dream Theater keyboards. Well, no, it's, it's him. Like in Arion, it's it's fucking him. He plays keyboards, guitars, bass. Yeah, no, he does everything. It, it, yeah. He does everything, but drums and singing. And he has a lot of Gus vocalists like Bruce Dickinson. And, no, but that's not the point. That's a good point you actually brought that we need to mention. So this is the very first Gravelat album in over 21, 22 years where he actually has other musicians on the album. And holy shit, does it actually help him. It and works. this isn't the album. We're listening to some old stuff. Yeah, this, so the last album that he had another musician was uh, 1999's Mortal Pride where he had the old drummer. Uh, since then, he's been rocking it solo until this album. And so now on this album, uh, they have a bassist and a, he has a new bassist and a new drummer. Uh, the bassist, his name is Skyth. I believe, and the drummer is uh, M. Arine. That now, let me say, this drummer fucking goes off on this album, dude. Well, this guy's too deep. Good. Let's listen to a little bit more of this older album, just to kind of get a good comparison rating. More of Carpathian, okay. Yeah, like uh, get us another good spot that might be some reminiscent. We'll go to Impaler of Wallachia. It's a good thing to bring up too. So from the old days, uh, he embraced Celtic darkness, the really dark black, the dark side of black metal without reverting to Satanism, which is what I love. Because I'm so fucking sick of every band talking about Satan, Satan this, Satan that. It's like, ooh, you're so fucking, you're so scary. It's kind of like Viking pagan metal. Basically, yeah. But in the old days, he was Celtic. And he became Norse later on, you know. But with his newer music, he embraced more triumphant, Embrace the light, like being a warrior of the light, like fighting for what's right. Where the old days it was like being of the darkness. So he he had a, a um, not only musical transition, but a, a transition of philosophy, I guess. And maybe he was like me, where he got his, a family. He embraced the light, like triumphant, being a warrior of light. Because when you get a family, it's no longer you no longer like a misanthropic like I was like you need you want the future for your children you know whereas in before children it's like fuck everything I just want it all to burn you know but nowadays it's like I want a world for my children and maybe that's what happened who knows yeah you know but <clears throat> let's go ahead and move it along to the newer album which uh, okay. that's not it that's not it that's still Carpathian so the problem with the uh the new album on YouTube, guys, is 
there's no songs broken down. So maybe we'll just start out with my favorite song off the album, The Wolf of Twilight. Just to go from the beginning, right? Yeah, so basically, um, we couldn't pull it and download it like we normally do. So we're running off of uh, off of a program for now that's on the internet. Um, we don't, I forgot to mention too, we don't own any of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we have no monetary income on this podcast for now. Somebody please give us a reason. Um, so. We don't own the rights, we don't own the music. We are not from the band, we have nothing to do with it, we don't make any money. This is purely for fandom enjoyment. Yep. Huge transition. I just want to fucking <coughs> get up and go to battle after. I would let it go and just. Oh, you weren't okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing transition, guys. So, watch them go from like a basic barbaric black metal band to to this to a triumphant Norse Viking metal band. Now I know that uh, Donnie had some moments of the CD or the album that he thought should be highlighted sometime that yeah. uh, you wanted to kind of touch on. Yeah, yeah, just based on a couple of things they do they do that I think this uh, and keep in mind I'm, I re- I review this album as you know just an album review I knew nothing about them besides what you had told me but uh, a couple of things that they do really well is a uh, on this album is when they go from. A full-time feel into like a half-time feel and um, one of one of the marks they do that really well I think go to like I think it's like 1041 into it about right try about right there okay I'm gonna turn the volume a little bit see that that kind of half-time feel Yeah, another 
Yeah, and then back it up a little bit to like the, I think it's like the 416. About right there, yeah. So we're back. Back to Wolf of Twilight. I think this is the part where they. Should we go around in a circle and just say what we think about it, or do you just throw it all the time here? But I mean, I think it's a great piece of music. It's just, it's not an easy listen for me. Like I need to be in the mood phase. Great things usually take time to comprehend. You <laughs> comprehend. <laughs> what 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 I took away from it was, you know, I listening to it. I, I didn't really see it as a concept album, but more of like a theme-driven album. I agree. And um, the and this is this is more of a critique more than a complaint. I I really think some of the keyboard stuff is a little overbearing. Where I, I think it would have brought it home a little bit more with guitars doing that duty. Ah yes, I agree with you. I, I think so. And I but it's still overall I think they do some really cool stuff. So I understand what he was going for. He wanted Conan the Barbarian soundtrack, the first one by Basil Polidorus, in metal form. And this is why I fucking love this so much, because it resonates with the old, the greatest piece of music of all time, Conan the Barbarian soundtrack, better than Mozart, fucking anybody. And he wanted it in metal form. However, in order to do that with the samples and the orchestral, orchestral pieces, the guitars had to take a back seat. And what Graveland was known for was that driving guitar on top of the badass keyboards. But I feel like some of the guitars have been buried in the mix, except for the last song, which is my second favorite song, which is called River of Tears. And the, the guitars bleed up front again. And, you know, I, I think I texted you some week back about the songs that I thought were the, mm -hmm. the highlights. You mentioned uh, your favorite one was track seven, Enlightened by the Wisdom of Ruins. Yes, and I, I, I'm not retracting that. I'm adding to it the... The other song that it's called "Conspiracy of the Wizards." Oh, I love that, that song. <laughs> that song is really good. That song rips. "Conspiracy of Wizards." Really, the first half is very loaded up front. Uh, "Wolf of Twilight," "Conspiracy of Wizards." I like "Our Ragnar," "Children of Hyperborea," and then I love "Enlightened by the Winds of Rooms" and "River of Tears." For me, not fillers, but the, the low point of the album is tracks five and six, "Following the Azure Light" and "The Three Gifts of the Gods." 
It kind of went like a little low, and then it ripped hard with track seven and eight. That could have been the setup too. It could have been the setup on purpose, you know. It was front loaded, but um, I still have. I bought the fucking vinyl, and I bought the CD. Still haven't received it yet, which has the lyrics. I couldn't get in the lyrics, but obviously this is talking about like, you know, Ragnarok, the end of the world. This is Norse type lyrics. Um, very positive, warrior of light stuff. You know, like fight evil, and I think this is what we need. For this time, we need men like Rob Darkin to stand up against the evil right now that's happening in this world. You're starting to you know? see a lot of that going on, musicians too. Even though, even though music and <clears throat> classically is pretty fucking liberal, like the artists and stuff like mm -hmm. that, there seems to be a lot more pushback coming back out of music for whatever reason. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say for whatever reason. I mean, it's pretty clear what's going on globally right now. Well, I'm just gonna fucking straight say, fucking totalitarianism, far left liberalism. Wokeism, SJWs, that's the evil I'm talking about. But, but what I'm saying is a lot of bands are starting to become vocal and push back on that ideology. Good. And that doesn't that didn't seem to be something that happened in the past. I, I agree I'm aware with that. Of. That I'm aware of. I, I, I agree with that statement. It's it's kinda like um I, I don't know, maybe they're it's because some of the the pushback they're they're feeling it in their day to day lives being cancelled from, right. from concerts yeah well this band particularly yeah, yeah like Steel Fest I mean certain bands are able to get away with it like uh, like Five Finger can get away with anything right now I mean and they're a conservative band right they, well yeah. dude they're, they're last the last you, you really got a pair sometimes and I'm gonna go ahead and suggest this too guys uh, even though <clears throat> on the platform YouTube they're not having song breaks for this album it's actually if you have a if you have a dark room and a big nice computer screen, it wouldn't be the worst idea to listen to this uh, album with the uh, video on max screen because the video going along pretty with cool. the music is actually pretty cool. They got smoke, it's moving. They uh, do that. It, for it's a lot fitting of the music now. pretty well now. And but was, the reason for saying that was you look at like Five Finger and Five Finger their their music videos are really starting to tell a story along with their music. And the last video was like anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine, un-American. It ends with the guy signing a Declaration of Independence after they're fighting people to not wear masks at the plot. I mean, their videos are starting to push pretty hard. And you were seeing that with John Sykes, you know, regardless about how we're feeling about the music that he's putting out, like, lyrically and vocally. Uh, great musical as far as the guitar playing and everything else. But, I mean, you got to look where this guy came from. He came from, I don't know, in my opinion, he kind of floundered in the early 2000s. But before that, he's doing, yeah, but before you before you get there, he's he's doing love songs and ballads and, and you know, 80s hair metal. Hair metal, yeah. And now he's fucking, like, anti-government. Like, what's going on with these bands right now where it seems like everybody that didn't have nothing to bitch about has got something to fucking say right now. It's a little fucking weird. Well, like you said, now, nowadays... This is it? Like, yeah, it is a little weird. Nowadays, the punk rock is, is the conservatives. And well, exactly, yeah. Punk, punk, punk rock is conservative. Punk rock is Christian. That's not... That's, yeah. It used to be... The Rage Against the Machine has nothing to talk about anymore. They fucking... They are the machine. Like, it's... Everything they were is what it is now. Like, it's fucking... It's crazy. It's weird how it kind of flip-flop like Just that. Just bring me back to 1984, guys. I don't, I don't want to live... Time. I got 1987, dude. You gotta get the 1987 no. just to get that White Snake album. Yeah, 84, because that was an amazing <laughs> time for metal, dude. 84, holy fuck, you had so much good stuff coming out. And yeah, I say, you know what? Just start me at 1980. 
I'll, I'll live the whole decade. I'd rather just be there. I'd rather be there. I don't want to be here, guys. Because you get some earlier priest along with that. Yeah, you start yeah. out with British Steel, uh, the self-titled Iron Man, and you can start from the beginning, uh, Heaven and Hell, yeah. and just work your way forward. I mean, there's it's it's definitely it's it's like I said, it is a bit strange that, like I said, a lot of a lot of a lot of, and without pulling out a list and going down it, are kind of coming out pushing against, and I don't know, I find it somewhat awkward because I I feel like most music for the majority of my life, unless you're listening to country, it's been pretty fucking. The underlying tone lyrically is always pretty liberal. The uh, you know the band the the songwriters are usually you know. We need to accept everybody, and right now it's like, you know, fight the government or we're all gonna fucking die. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying if anyone was listening that you know, I agree with that or disagree with it. It's just it's just what's going on. Just what's going on. Yeah. yeah. But. Let's go ahead and hit another highlight on this album. Did you have any more time spots you wanted to hit down here? There's one in River Tears. Do you have one in River Tears too? I, I didn't mark one, but uh, yeah, let's play another it. another Donnie. Just play it because I don't know the actual. I don't. I don't mark. have any other time marks. I just had those for examples of where they just play it. I ain't worried about yeah, it. You so know why? Because we're supporting these guys. Why other people are trying a, to get it canceled? There's a part in River of Tears that just goes fucking off. That drummer is not afraid of that kind of Oh, I love that hi-hat hit. I, I love that sound, guys. Is that called hi-hat or something? That, that's a China. Sound. I love that fucking sound. Right? No, that's a, that's that. Oh, the big one, old one out. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. This is all the stuff I love on the album right here. Right here? That mid piece. It, it's very bite. Very nice. This gives me power. suggest you know guys if you're gonna listen to this I've, I've suggested it before dark room dark room and take it in I found the spot 
This is probably my favorite it's part. It's called of the, the clitoris. I know. <laughs> I can find that nice spot. This is uh, so this part here is my favorite part in the whole album, Off the River Tears. This is just this part just gets into like battle mode. I'm ready to fucking fight Antifa and just destroy the fucking enemy. It would be amazing, you know. And I'm, you know, we might as well just fucking mention the, elf, the white elf in the room. So these guys are a conservative, a national, uh, not nationalist, but they're a conservative band that sings about their ancestry and their pride of where they came from and their country, or you know, of, of his religion and his background. And because he's a conservative white male who sings about his ancestors, he gets fucking cancer culture and it's called a fucking national socialist. There's no Nazism in this band. They're from Poland, for God's sake. They hate the fucking Nazis. And the fact that people do this shit just pisses me off. And Antifa tries to cancel their concerts. It's like, let this guy fucking play. Let us have fun. You know? And well, I mean, it, the, the, the bad part is, I mean, I'm not too uh, inundated or up to speed with all the drama that happened with this guy. Um, but... You know, you, you look at the way society is working, and it's like, this guy can't have a voice, but somebody's saying that, you know, I don't know, we should all be a socialist government, like, that's something that's yeah. broadly or widely accepted, but if somebody wants to come out, or, or that, you know, everyone's racist, or BLM... And how dare you be proud of your ancestry, and, and proud of your country, and your heritage, and where you came from? How dare you? You know? That's weird. Much. It's definitely weird. I don't understand it. This guy isn't talk saying like, you know, Nazism, say hell, put fucking Jews in the oven. It's nothing like that. These, I think people have this fucked up notion about what a no, real Nazi is. You know what? There are no real Nazis nowadays. If there were, we'd be a lot of shit. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty fucking on par with, uh, with that's not cool. No one should be put in ovens or whatever, right? Well, but let's be honest. There's no real fucking Nazis around. And, and I, I like, think well, I just say there's that no one in society would accept, accept it. Is well, what I'm yeah. trying to say. And and I and I'm I think something that gets missed, and we we mentioned it a second ago when we talk about cancel culture, is in my mind, I'd rather cancel no one than cancel anyone because where does it stop? Exactly. You well, know, that's. I feel like yeah. it's a, it's a beast that never stops. And no, right now it's after a certain group of people, but it'll come full circle and it'll go right after the people that kind of started the idea. This I, is my I philosophy so. as a libertarian. No matter how much I disagree with you, you have the right to say it. Hundred percent. I will fight as much as I disagree with you. I will fight for your right to say whatever you think you need to say, as long as you're not inciting violence or you're saying we need to kill this group of people but if you're saying I believe this group of people is is inferior to this group of people fine you're you're a racist where but that's your right to say it and I will die for your right to say it 
In this country, at least. Yeah, and in here, we're the last barrier between before globalism. And and the i the idea that I I think gets remissed is, you know, respecting someone's liberties as much as I want them to respect mine. Yeah, and that gets and it and everyone's okay with that until someone disagrees. Yeah, because you know what, like like. You start canceling other people or saying they can't say this and that. Well, what happens one day when you're the one? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You know? It goes full circle. So every, you know, right now you can say that, that a lot of the cancel culture, a lot of the, a lot of the finger pointing in the, uh, I, I can't find the words right now is after like a certain sex and a certain ethnicity, but that doesn't mean that that's where it's always going to be. It's going to completely, it's going to come full circle. And it's not going to be pretty. I mean, it it happens a lot on the left right now that you watch, where you know they they the left has a tendency to cannibalize itself, and like you, that's like the short version of the long term effect of something like cancel culture. I mean, you had that whole situation with uh, Chris Cuomo's brother, what's his name, Andrew Cuomo, the guy that killed fifteen thousand people in retirement homes. Yeah, he yep. uh, he you know murderer. He's coming out the gate. He's pointing the finger, calling everyone racist, saying this guy's a sexist, this guy's that, this guy's this. Some girls coming out of him, he's fucking done. Yeah, they, you know they they fucking remove him from office. They outcomponed him. They got him at the the sexual harassment because they knew they couldn't get him on the. Um, he fucking killed thousands of people in elderly homes, and they couldn't get him on that. How fucking sad is that? Well, you can't get him on it because nobody knew. I mean, if there was a oh, there he was, knew. No, nobody knew. Nobody knew. Who in the right mind would put cancer or uh, COVID patients? With fucking elderly people, but, but <laughs> come on! But no, but there was no. My point is, there was like no, like solidified data, which is why everyone's gonna skate on anything that happened around that. But there's definitely a fucking, there's definitely a, a thing where you're not supposed to. I don't know. Put sick people around old people? No, yeah. no, not that part. The the fucking like you know touching girls or getting a bit too close to them. That's kind of been out there for a little while. And honestly, some of the stuff he did say, I didn't necessarily disagree with. Like, he's I, being friendly. He, Look at <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. But back to the album, though, I will say this album made me like feel like a fucking warrior. And it, it brought me back to, uh, you know, we need men to be men nowadays. We need to embrace. This album just oozes male ma- good male masculinity. This, is what, this album here is what it means to be a warrior and a, a fucking man. When I hear this album, I, I, I feel Conan. And you know what? I, I, I feel like I'm going back to a time where, where we had real warriors and, and, and heroes. You know, like uh, like World War II. Those were a fucking generation of men. You know, well, that they had a choice since. either. They got put on both. They didn't have a choice, but those men were fucking men back then. You know what I mean? My grandpa shot down fucking Japanese air fighters. You know what fucking men are doing nowadays? They're playing fucking video games in a mommy's basement. Well, I don't know about that. What I do know is that there people seem to be caught in some sort of weird ideology or trance that's a lot softer than it used to be. Yeah. But and, and because yeah. we would, and you know, life's life's easier. Easy lives make soft people. Yeah. yeah. Easy you good know? times make soft people. Yeah. Yeah. Hard times make tough people. It does. And uh, I yeah, as, as far as that goes. But I mean, it a lot of good out there still. This album came out. This album came out, man. Holy shit, dude! It's just I I love this album so. Uh, Final thoughts on this album? Or, oh, let's talk about the uh, the benefits of having uh, fucking band members. You, you yeah. know that's a, that's an interesting point. When when you especially on when you're going through an entire album writing process, some sometimes you can get caught up. Um, and a quick interjection: this yeah. was seven years in the works. And 
Yeah. Rightly so. I mean, yeah. it, it's a it's a very it's a giant well, piece of work. Art it's work, huge. Yeah, yeah. like it's and, and a, a very long theme from top to bottom. But when you, when you set out on an album writing process, if you're doing everything yourself, some sometimes and I speak somewhat from experience, you you get stuck not looking outside yourself and having someone else to work with is that that other mind to kind of think outside the box you know and do something that you may not have you know to part to like you know what let's make this groove here let's make this here and i mean i mean gratitude to that effect i've I've not played with as many people as you have but in times i have played with bands um sometimes it's the irony of playing with other people that interjection of opinion can throw a song right out the fucking window could you yeah yeah I mean, you could literally be like three quarters of the way done with the song and then one person wants to, what if we do this yeah it sounds really cool and then two hours later you're trying to work it out and then four days later you're like fuck that song this song is yeah. it's not coming together <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> a, it's a fine balance because uh you have a lot of these like black metal bands that are just one person because they have their vision and that's good but sometimes if you have other members in a band they have to be on the same page as you but sometimes their ideas will help your band too yeah and and you know? finding Find, finding like-minded people who who share your vision, I think, is the trick. Yeah, but you know that's I mean? hard if you're not based in a big location, right? Like a small town, for instance. It, like if you're in Tucumcari. Like, where's this guy? Where, where's where's he from? He's from uh, I don't know where in Poland, but I mean, but, okay, but, but well, Poland has is, a lot of metalheads. I was about so. to say, point being, like, he might be in a small place, but he's in a concentrated area for what he's doing. Yeah, well, I know the drummer has been in a. Basically, a Graveland worship band for many years. So it was like, you know, interlocking. It was. It was like, yeah. It's the like drummers you, playing the band. It, it was. It was basically life. the. It was basically Ripper the and Ripper Judas Owens. Priest. Yeah. yeah. Basically, Ripper Owens and Jewish Priest. Okay. <laughs> okay. That or I didn't know. I wasn't gonna go there. I was gonna go with Mayhem. Oh, when, he, like, when he joined, yeah, like the bass player it was just like the guys sleeping outside his, his oh, bar studio. Bar. Yeah, and everything else. That's <laughs> like what you just. Another Rowan's like that. I yeah, haven't he, listened to that album, dude. I he, feel like a fucking loser. He was in a. And Jared was telling me that the movie Rockstar was was kind of loosely to be based on loosely. That. loosely. Based on they, that. they after it got Hollywoodized, it was supposed to be called Metal God, and be purely about it. But then they just Hollywood. To, to, to be honest with you, though, the metal band they made in that for that movie, Steel Dragon, and the songs they did put out are killer fucking songs. Yeah, they're good hair metal and, songs. Yeah. And the fucking singer for, that's doing all the singing from parts for Mark Wahlberg is from Steel Heart. They just yeah. remind me of, what was that band, Pussycat, uh, Steel Panther. Except Dead Serious. Yeah, but you, how serious can you get with that? That music's not meant to be serious. It's supposed to be part of I, I would say the music that they're playing in... in uh, in that movie, it's not hair metal. It's just straight up fucking metal. Well, fun like fact: bringing heat. Best glam metal band of all time, Dokken, Sars. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Up or to back for the attack. Yeah, up to. Oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah. 88, Anything after that? I do like the 1990 Dokken solo though. I gotta say, Poison is better. The Dokken, come on, bro. No, I'll say it. <laughs> Stayed together longer, better band, better singer. I really think we're gonna have to fight on that one. I, 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 I gotta lean towards Dokken on a better band. Yeah, you're poison. leaning. Yeah, it it's not a hard. It's not a hard. <laughs> it's fucking. a hard lean. <laughs> but so, um, to, uh, let's get down to this beer review. So, uh, okay, to the beer. I don't know. How you, I mean, it was smooth, smooth. But no I could tell. Test. I could tell by the way it was going because I mean, we we made a decision on these beers a while back to go ahead and start, you know, taking our time drinking them. That way we get an honest feel for it. And to be fair, I feel like as it went on, this is more of a quick drinker. You got to get it down. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and hit and slap it with the hard. A hard six. 
Um, something I could totally drink. Probably not picking it up at the store, but I could totally drink this. I bring this to a party. I have no problems with it. It's just, uh, I don't, I mean, it's not Coors Light. For me, it didn't have much of an aftertaste at all, which is good. There's no bad, you know, like uh, the, the, the bile taste. Bile taste, but at the same time, it went down. It went down smooth, but it didn't have much flavor on top of that. So I'm gonna give this one seven and a half out of ten. It wasn't bad at all. It just didn't have. Does it seem kind of like a novelty beer? Or yeah, than that? like like just not much bite, you know, which is kind of good. It's like a drinkable IPA, but it was like. When I see something like this, it, I expect it was, it was I expect some kind of like, like was it? You know what I mean? Yeah, like I expect like kind of a hoppiness or bitterness. I didn't get anything out of it. Exactly, that's what I meant. It came out a little flat, but it went down smooth, so it's not bad. So I'd say you know seven ish, seven and a half, kind of ten. So let's dive into this fucking album real quick. Yeah, another um, dive. I'm gonna, you know, me and Donnie are gonna go first because I know you're gonna get excited again. Uh, so I'm, this album's, you know, so, I, got, I got boners. Left and right. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and fucking take it off. Um, for me, like I said, this is a good piece of music. There's nothing wrong with it. The Not only, good. God. Good. Yeah, GUD, dude. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know when you when you push that when you when you make something that makes you say GUD. Um, no, it's a good piece of music. I, I think it's solid. I have nothing wrong with it. I being. A guitar player would have liked to hear some more guitars personally I had nothing negative to say about this album um, like solos or like uh, just hearing it more like hearing this. it more and solos but I'm not sure if there would have been room for solos or something like this but yeah. then again there's always room for solos I actually think that more solos on an album like this would have been huge with the right guitar player because solos have a tendency to set moods and tell stories too well and so I mean that's it's not a dig I mean I don't think Grayman really did Many solos in the past either. It's not That's what I'm thing. saying. It's not dig. It He's like more of a rhythm player, wouldn't you say, Donnie? How, how would you describe I, I would him? definitely. I, w- I would call him more of like a like a metal type songwriter, riffing, riffing yeah. Than than a, a soloist. Than a lead. I think there could have been a lot of opportunities on this album to, um, and, and one of the areas that Donnie picked up on, where like the bottom dropped out and it kind of mellowed out for a second, where it picked back up, where you really could have had some solos in there. And it would have sounded really fucking cool. Um, that being said, I don't think that anything's wrong with it. It's just, uh, in my opinion, it's not an easy listen. I think that you got to be in the mood. I don't think it's basically like, it's not your cup of tea. I wouldn't say that. It's just not. It's not some. Look at there's stuff that I listen. Living, I love Fear. I don't wake up in the morning and put on Fear. Like it's sometimes there's, you just got to be in the right mood for it. And for this particular album, especially the way it's structured, and have, I've had to listen to it not with the songs broken up, but in a complete like score per se um, you need to be in the mood that being said I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7 7 out of 10 7 out of 10 yeah I think that's I think that's fair I um, I there's a lot of things I liked about the album and, and again it's it's not my cup of tea um, but with that being said I still I still enjoyed it I like yeah. the idea that it was a that it was a theme album, and I really, I really like when, you know, metal bands of, you know, this type of genre do things that I think are really smart musically. And the the only, again, my only critique is like, without the saying that the keyboards were too much, I think they were just a little bit too much 
on the forefront of the mix where I think they could have been pulled back a little bit and it might have given it a little bit better feel. But overall, I'm going to give it like a strong 7.3 out of 10. Nice. Um, Hi, dude. Okay, try so... Not to, try not to ejaculate during this. Yeah, I'm not going to... So, <laughs> if he starts quivering, the reason why... Because you got to understand, Rob Darkin's guitar riffs have always been a, in the past of the, you know, on the forefront. Um, but I think his goal in this was to be basically Wagnerian. To do an, this was his orchestral. This was like I said, Conan the Barbarian soundtrack. This was his tribute to Basil Polidorus, the greatest fucking musician that has ever lived. And you know, for these big choir, you know, choirs and samples and stuff, the guitars had to take a back seat for most of the album. But you can hear the guitars in two songs up for Hour of Ragnarok, or no, excuse me, Wolf of Twilight, the first one, and then definitely River of Tears the last track, which actually may end up being my favorite song. The guitars come up front. But I think he uh, he tried to, you know, branch out, and he wanted to push the samples and the, the choir, you know, choirs at the front. Also really liked the clean vocals in um, the fourth track. His clean vocals, uh, Children of Hyperborea, were really good. That was a good, you know, change. And that was probably, the last time I can remember clean vocals was maybe off of Immortal Pride, but I could be wrong. Um, it's a good mix, though. It's it's basically what Hammer Heart by Bathory should have been, which was a, a blend of Viking metal and black metal. He blended really well in this album. Um, but this album was years in the making, and it was everything that Rob Darkin, I think, envisioned when he started out in his late teens and the early 90s. But for me, this was homage to Conan the Barbarian, the greatest musical piece of, of my life. So this album, for me... It's just fucking amazing. It's album of the year, and I, I rate this a 9.5 out of 10. And the only reason why it's not perfect, I, I deduct five points because some parts of the album, the guitars take a back seat, like you guys say. So this is, uh, right now, this is the album of the year. We'll see if Maiden can uh, can defeat this. This right here, this right here is me. This album represents everything that I am as a human being. Now, granted, you do understand when you're saying that, it, maybe it can defeat, Maiden can defeat. You gotta understand that two guys in this room are probably gonna rotor with Maiden right away. Let's, okay, so let's let's put that on the table, right? <laughs> right away, <laughs> Jared right? Said, let's right away. away. Let's put this on the table. <laughs> Iron Maiden is traditional heavy metal. There's two realms of metal. We don't metal. need to go too heavy into this, no. dude. We got a whole episode yeah, for it. There's two realms of metal. There's, there's more traditional metal, like non-extreme, and then there's extreme metal, which is black death, or black metal, death metal, thrash metal. And then you have your traditional metal, power metal, traditional metal, uh, doom metal. So on that scope, Graveland on the extreme metal is like album of the year, badass. You know, for the more non-extreme metal side of things, Iron Maiden will probably be my album of the year. And I'm not gonna say my rating, but I've been listening to but, it. But for you the last only got years. you only get one album of the year. It will, and I will tell you guys which one it's gonna be at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see, I, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty jiggy with this new Maiden album. We'll, we'll talk about it next episode. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'll just say that. I'm Mick loving it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll go ahead and talk about it for a second, just to give him some love, because I really want the guy to keep pushing out music. Rob Darkin? No, John Sykes. Oh. Um, released a song two weeks ago. Solid, but just keep pushing music, man. Keep playing guitars. 
Hey, we're gonna we're gonna cover what we've been listening to real quick. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I I've been listening to the new Scale the Summit with Chris Letchford and those guys. Never it's, heard of them. They're they're what's that one band you turned me on to? Who um, the guy plays the Ibanez Polyphia. Oh, it's a band like that, Polyphia. Yeah, they're they're, they're kind of like them, but they they finally released an album where they they had guest vocalists on every song. Okay. All, all their albums before were instrumental. Okay, and uh, I I really dig it. It's not it's not heavy. It's just very uh, um, technical type music and real really really flashy guitar playing. I, I think you would dig it actually. I probably would. Yeah. What do you been listening to lately? So okay, besides the albums that we're reviewing, like the Grave and the Iron Man, which I just fucking love. Um, the new Blazing Stone dropped uh, the album Damnation, which is uh, they're picking up the gauntlet from uh, Running Wild. So I've been listening to that, and I want to give a shout out. This is my, uh, we only got a few minutes. I just want to say, Rob Darkin, you did an amazing job on this album. You're my fucking hero. Stand strong against the darkness. Stand strong about against Antifa and all the fucking evil out there. And socialism, be fucking strong in this time. I got your back, brother. So actually, what I've been doing the last couple weeks, this is going to sound kind of weird. It's not weird. It's actually really cool. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I think I started my iTunes account uh, like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been downloading music and everything. And lately, I've just had my songs on shuffle. And I haven't been listening to anything particularly. But just, uh, you know, you have like 3,600 songs on shuffle. You don't know what the hell you're going to get. And ironically, you know, every time you hear the first two seconds of every song, you know what song it is. But it's kind of been fun and, and a little bit different listening to music that I've downloaded as early as two weeks ago as opposed to ten years ago. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. It's been cool. kind of different. Yeah, so I haven't listened to anything particular. I'm sitting in my room doing stuff on my computer looking at car parts or something. It's it's synthwave. Yeah, I love synthwave. I'm falling in that weird synthwave point. Like, we need to do another... My, my daughter's all into this stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we need to do another uh, synthwave podcast, but uh, before we go, the next podcast, as far as I know... It's going to be the Iron Maiden podcast. Iron Maiden, man. Six Yo. years in the making. This is a fucking holiday, guys. It's a fucking... It is like a... What is it? What do you call it? Like, it's like a party. It's like a holiday tradition yeah, when an Iron Maiden album comes out. Absolutely. It's going to be a celebration. I'm so excited, dude. How many know. albums is that? This is album. This is going to be album number 17. That... You guys don't even know. For Steve Smith. Or Steve Harris. Steve, Steve Harris. Harris. We're going to... No one yeah. else. Yeah, no that's Adrian Smith out. and Steve Harris be- together, and Dave Murray together Dave Murray. is Steve Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great episode, guys. Tune in for that one, too. Till next time, guys. This is Jeff. I guess this is Jared. This is that's Jared. Uh, this is Donnie. <laughs> and what you're going to do, brother, when the Grindhouse Gang runs wild over you.